0: It is episode seventeen of the Dirty Filthy Lip Out podcast with me and Kit Alexander, and now we got the mighty informed Laurie Cannon just missed out. How you doing, Laurie?
1: I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm uh, just got back to back home last night, so I am um, uh, yeah. had a few whiskeys on the plane to, <laughs> to nu- numb the pain, um, and yeah, but I'm feeling all right this morning.
0: And does it how does it feel to come? I mean. I mean, you're obviously on some serious, rich vein of form. I mean, all through the year, you've been super solid. Even the commentators were all throwing compliments your way on how you were conducting yourself around the golf course. But, I mean, to get that close, but no cigar. How's it feel, dude? But it's coming. It's coming. Don't get me wrong. It's coming.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to know, isn't it? I think in your... Uh, you, I guess you only really know... Answer to those questions at the end of your career, don't you? When you look back at it, you think, Yeah, <laughs> you know, no doubt. How, no you know, I think the tournament opened up yesterday for me and Ross in a way I didn't think was going to happen, if I'm being honest. Like, we both went out with a three shot lead yeah. over the rest of the field, and I thought, Someone, and there's a lot of good players there, um, kind of mix of players as well. And I thought, Someone will shoot seven or eight under today, it's going to happen, um, wow. and no one did. And so <laughs> um yeah and i mean it just uh i I think i think definitely the front nine i the nerves kind of got the better of me you know i'd openly say that i think um i didn't i wasn't i actually felt tee to green i was pretty solid but just on and around the greens wasn't wasn't where i needed to be back nine i I hit the ball really really well and then you managed to shoot under again so um it's just it's just one of those yeah it was a bit of a sucker to take um because I, you know, it was right there to win. Let's be honest, it was, it was right there to win. And uh, it was. There to uh, win, Ro- Ross, what Ross did down the stretch with wedge and putter was was unbelievable. Um, so, some, I guess you've got to say, you know, fair play. You hit the right shots at the right time. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's golfing.
0: It is. He said he got off to a bit of a ropey start, but my goodness, didn't that bunker shot on sixteen sort him out? My goodness.
1: What? Yeah, I wasn't actually watching him hit it because I thought when he hit it there, I was like, That's he's got he's gonna have to hit a great shot to probably that inside 10 feet. But the way he was pulling, yeah. I thought it'll get up and down. Yeah. And then I was sort of looking at my line, and I heard the noise and the strike was it sounded unbelievable out of <laughs> <laughs> the bunker. And then I've looked and I've seen it come out like a sack of scuds, land and release, and then lip in. Yeah. And I was just like, You're, You're having it off here, no chance. Is that just <laughs> um.
0: And yeah, okay. so weird, weird, wasn't it? But, we'll um, talk about eighteen olds of pure striking. What about the first round? Talk us through it. Twelve under par, lowest to date, competitive round. Got to be on it.
1: Yeah, I've shot, I, I shot sixty one in a qualifier a few years back, um, but yeah, that's my lowest round. But yeah, I, was, I think it's my lowest round in competitive or even messing about with mates. Um, yeah, it all, it all, it was, it was a funny one because it just. Um, I kind of felt like it was a solid round of golf that just then took off rather than being, you know, sometimes you see people get off to a hot start and keep it going. Whereas, you know, I played the front line well. And then I think I was seven under for the last seven. So it was just, you, you sort of fell into it. Um, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun actually. Cause I just, one of those days where, you know, you know where the ball's going and, you know, you feel good with the butter. but. Um, you
0: like me though, Laurie, when you're, when you're on it, when it is absolutely full flow, Does like every shot go by the by, like, meaning you've completely forgotten about what you've done, Pat? Then, and it's not until you actually finish the round you actually go, "Crikey, that was the quickest round of my life." I can't really remember a shot, but it was amazing. I think
1: that's the. the, I guess that's the point. Every golfer tries to get to, isn't it? I mean, you go. um, Sometimes you know you don't necessarily shoot really low scores doing that, but that that's such a nice place to aim for, isn't it? If you could get, if you can get to a point mentally with, with your your game where you are just into that moment, into that shot, it's such a cool feeling, isn't it? And you don't, you know, usually we're pretty good at putting baggage and objects in our way or we're not swinging the club well and there's water on the left. So then you're adding things into the mix. But those days where you get that clarity and you just, you roll with it, you just, I don't know. I just, I love, you know, I think you've got to just say, this is this happening for me and just let, you know, roll with it. It's um, nice, isn't it?
0: On Twitter, your man Eddie Petrel right? Are you with your winnings? So you buying him a new pair of socks?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna, gonna have to do something. The thing <laughs> with Eddie on Twitter is you can't you can't go at him because no, he's can. got more. He's got more followers. He's got he's he's ruthless. So you just don't <laughs> like you don't want to get involved. You just you just wanna. But I thought you know what he sent me after the round sums him up and it, it it was first time i've had sort of belly laughs coming off um because yeah. obviously you know he's sending you the callaway chipper um yeah <laughs> just, just send me, me a picture be... of that oh it's savage but i think that that's where me and him live like you know that's i i dark humor i think you know yeah. if you can laugh at yourself exactly. then you're sort of invincible aren't you so i think yeah. um I think it's a nice, well, you know, it's hilarious, really. Um, I did see the funny side of it.
2: I think so, you yeah. need to in that yeah, situation. Yeah. Going back to the start of the week, obviously the 60 is incredible, but that put you at the top of the leaderboard and you stayed there all week. I think when Ross held that bunker shot, 15 was the first time you were out of the leads since Thursday morning. Obviously, it's pretty much the first time you've been in that situation on the European tour. And it wasn't like you just suddenly got there on Sunday. You were sleeping with the lead every night, carrying that pressure. You've still got to be incredibly pleased and satisfied with overall how you handled being in the spotlight right from the Thursday morning, essentially. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, I think
1: I, th- I think I am. I think I was pleased with that. That is something, uh, I think one of the things I struggled with when i came onto tour was even being in 10th or 8th spot after a good round or a couple of rounds it's it's quite easy to hit the eject button on the tour because there are so many good players and people in 20th and 30th don't care about finishing 30th if they want to finish 5th so and whereas if you go out with any semblance of trying to hold on to your position on a saturday or or sunday as I showed a little bit yesterday, like you'll you'll go backwards, like you will, like if that's in your psyche at all, if you're trying, yeah. if you're trying to just hold on, get a good finish because of X, Y, and Z, you'll you'll eject, <laughs> you will. So uh, that's I think, and I think that's true of you. You know, you'll see that I think people start in their career because you know for a whole range of different a whole whole range of reasons. Some might be financial or whatever, but it's it's a big deal, you know, to, to even finish twentieth know it can be it can be a massive thing. So, um, I was I was really pleased with how I handled that um, for the most part. Um, if you're looking at it objectively, like I was 16 under through 27 holes and I finished the tournament on 19. So mm. you think the back um, 45 holes I managed three under par. So <laughs> it's not it's not a, <laughs> it's oh, not yeah. stellar it's not stellar play. But the but I don't know I felt like. The, my, sort of my golf game was kind of about the same level all four days actually but it's just elements of it the kind of my scoring game a little bit um left me in like as, as you know in you know in golf you can just get in in rounds you can kind of just uh, little moments mm-hmm. um can obviously i i kind of call it the rounds just it's kind of there, It's you're teetering away, you can be one, two under, hole up up to go three under, all of a sudden you're four, five under. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. it might have been the up and down that kept you at two under. Or they, have, they definitely have these little momentum moments and I think you've just got to get on the right side of those.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and that's easier to do, <laughs> when you're, I think, when you're kind of not protecting where you are. Yeah. yeah
2: we well, did that on Saturday, you were kind of just going along, sort of even par doing, and then the finish was fantastic and suddenly you've got that momentum to carry into Sunday. What sort of precipitated, what catalyzed that little boost right at the end of the round on Saturday? Did you have a word with yourself? Was it something the caddy said? Or like you say, just one right shot at the right time? And uh,
1: Well, for me, I find everyone's different. But for me, I find it's the opposite. Like for me, trying to get myself going makes me worse. So it's just almost saying, right, that today's not brilliant. <laughs> but, um yeah. you know, you just don't chase the swing. Don't find what you're doing. Play with what you have. And um, analysing those three holes, I didn't hit a great tee shot off 16. Got a great break, stiffed a wedge, hit hit uh, the best swing I'd made in two days with the five arms the back in. Um, then 18, terrible drive up the left, bit of a dodgy layup. But I'm, I was I'm pitching it, I was pitching it so well that I thought, yeah, you know, I can hit this, and then hold a good putt. But it wasn't wasn't like. Uh, that, you know, put three birdies on the card, but it wasn't absolutely stellar. And I, I guess that's what I mean. It's it's like those little you have those little moments then you in rounds and tournaments, and they can you can just kind of get out from under them one way or the other, and it can it really can affect obviously your end result hugely. Um So mentally being in that place where you for me where I'm not pushing too hard um seems to almost free me up. It's like said you know I can accept not playing well. So it allows me to play well, Does that make sense.
0: Yeah, it does make sense. In a weird way, mate. I mean, I, yeah, it does make sense. But, mate, what I wanted to say, you've got some serious great fan base. Locally, you're a local boy to me. Obviously, Somerset lad uh, way back when. But, you know, you're a member at Cumberwell Park. Ali James up there, all the boys pulling for you. Marble Works, you know, who's your sponsor and good friends as well. And then the mighty, massive Matt Banahan your ex-bath man and Gosto boy I mean he is just fighting your corner so much words of encouragement all through the ranking how does that make you feel mate when you come off a golf course and see what they're putting about you
1: yeah no I mean it's uh, it's unbelievable really I I do sometimes I'm surprised that that people actually care as much about golf but (laughs) it's great
0: (laughs) well look at that Um, smile mate the founder care are not they? yeah that's great um
1: it's nice, and people people are lovely. Really, um, I, I was expecting more pelters yesterday for for how I played, but yeah. actually, like it's, I got so many nice messages, um, and and a lot of other fellow players that actually um, meant a lot to me. Having having some players, um, like Matt Wallace and Tommy Fleetwood, dropped me a line. Yeah. And, Ed obviously dropped me his heartfelt condolences um, with the picture of yeah. the shiver. But no, in all seriousness, you get like a message and I think people like that, that also means a lot because then you think firstly they've they know what it feels like to fail because yeah, exactly. you know, and I think they probably recognise as well that putting yourself there's the hard bit, if that makes sense. And then oh. um not not getting it done is you know, hopefully you get more chances, but um the kind of getting yourself in that position is um what we're all striving to do. I guess to even I read Gary Player's book a few years ago. I didn't think the title was very good. It was called Don't Choke. But is <laughs> the basic premise is you need to give yourself opportunities to choke. There, that's the growth opportunity, that's where you're gonna learn. Um so you know, and that that environment can be pretty exposing and really uncomfortable, but um it's I mean, it's gotta be a good thing. It's gotta be oh, yeah. a good thing, really.
2: You right, have closed don't. yourself the last few weeks because you were up there in Portugal as well as this week. What have you learned about yourself from putting you in those positions that you had not been in before?
1: Um, a, a lot about like general um, how you handle the beginning of the week, like uh, in terms of a bit of your preparation Tuesday and Wednesday. Just I, I used to sort of empty the tank Tuesday and Wednesday and then roll in Thursday. Empty the
2: tank. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, uh, yeah mentally speaking um, in terms of you know I think overdoing the prep a little bit if that makes sense if that's possible yeah, yeah. Um, as opposed to doing enough to get yourself ready um, and then um, just I guess really trying to keep the revs down Thursday and Friday if you are playing well because if you're going to be there Sunday it's going to take a lot out of you so use the beginning of the weeks you know say it oh, was a good round today Right, go and I don't know, go and read a book and have a shower, chill out. Do you know what I mean? Like, not uh, spend another two, three hours practicing or thinking about your game or beating yourself up about X, Y, or Z. Um, and yeah, I think generally that that for me, I think that kind of energy conservation, mental conservation, has been quite important. It's one of the things, but perhaps this golf bubble's taught me because we've been forced to be so unsociable. I've realised it's actually not necessarily that bad a thing for me to have more of my own time and my own space. Um, just to chill out. Um, yeah.
2: You've been sort of described as the most improved player on the European tour I've seen in a couple of places um, over the last day or two. And with everything that's happened this week and the performances in Portugal and um, top tens earlier in the year as well when we came into the UK swing... Does that feel like it rings true to you that there has been a real significant leap forward this season
1: um, yeah yeah i mean it's interesting i've I've just had a period of doing the same thing for a long time, not a long time even actually but but i haven't um I've been liable to being quite reactionary with stuff so something doesn't work for a week or two well i've been that or um and what i'm doing at the moment is not it's not complicated it's pretty simple what i'm doing um in fact i feel like i'm if anything at points i feel like i need to do a bit more um but my body and i guess the way i'm playing and and how i feel is saying what you're doing is about right and actually probably what you were doing before was overkill you were doing it because you Thought you needed to, um, and like Alan Thompson, who's coaching me now, he, he coached me back as an amateur and picked up with me last year. He's, I mean, he's all oh, he's trying to make me do less with my swing, it's minimalist. Um, it's he was thinking about the golf ball and nothing else really. So, uh, whereas before, you know, I, I have my phone out and lots of videos, like all this sort of stuff is kind of, yeah. um and I'm not saying there isn't scope to do that because I think everyone can improve their technique. But, uh, for me, I definitely, that's something I've tried to do Just stay really minimalist with how I practice. Um, I've had a couple of other people who've, who've helped me, you know, since lockdown, I've had a, a great physio. I'm working with Carl Morris, who's got golf performance guy. Um, he's got me thinking differently on the golf course I've scrapped, but, um, yeah, it's, it, to say I'd be, like, the most improved player, I've, I haven't come out like Bryson, you know, put on 15 kilos and ripped to the nines or anything. I, I pretty much look the same. Um, <laughs> but but what, just, if you,
0: what if you uh Laurie, so you're a big dude, right? What are you, six 6'4"? What are you? Six, six About 6'3", six, yeah. 6'3", right? So imagine you, if you went, right, let's eat, let's eat all the poison, take all the bloody protein shakes I can. What, what do you reckon it would change in your body? I mean, you've just been to the physio, this is where you've just come back from, but I mean, how would it? How would it change you? Do you think? What do you think you would get out of it? Uh,
1: I, I don't know. I because I, so I can't I'm imagine practicing.
0: seeing you with a twice the size neck all of a sudden and like I think I'd struggle with tree I, yeah. trunks. You know, just can't imagine it.
1: No, I know. I don't. Um, well, firstly, I think you need you need to be making millions to survive the food bills, don't you? I mean, you <laughs> must, yeah. it must, be, it must yeah. be going through a lot. But the, it's um, yeah. I'm, uh, my personal view on Bryson is is like like everyone that I feel like everyone's the party line at the moment is oh, it's really impressive what he's done and yeah. Oh, I was you diff- know if everyone could do it in the work ethic and that that rings true. But yeah. I I am certain and I think golfers would agree that there isn't there will he will reach a point of diminishing returns with putting on oh, size. Yeah. yeah. Um, but and the other thing people don't talk about with him is how incredible his putting has been this year. Yeah, uh, exactly. the so you don't get. Um, so he, he's he's driving it phenomenally long and and pretty straight for how he drives it, and and mm. he's putting amazingly. So if you if you do if Rory McIlroy had his putting stats, Rory would be in the same spot. Exactly. <laughs> he'd be, he'd totally. just, so I. I do wonder a little bit if this is just a really cool narrative that the US have got carried away with. and <laughs> yeah. um, wouldn't be the first
2: yeah, time. Um, <laughs> do yeah, you personally yeah. see that there's performance benefits or score benefits to be made for you by finding some extra distance? Because you're long anyway. like You're an absolute flusher. So you're not a weakness <laughs> of your game. But are you looking at it and going, well, if I am going to improve that a little bit more, you know, look at what these other guys like Bryson are picking up by hitting it further. Maybe I just have a crack at getting 10 yards and see where that takes me in the next six months. Or are there other processes and other things you're targeting to work on?
1: Well, I think there's more low-hanging fruit for me. I mean, I missed the green twice last week with a chip shot. So, (laughs) (laughs) do you know what I mean? Like, I think think that that, that for me could be, I reckon I could pick up some quicker games if so I can sharpen up my short game and my short putting. I know, I, I, I hear what you're saying, definitely. I think, you know, every young player I play with hits it as far or further than me. So, and I'm considered long. So people who are mid-30s, late-30s think I hit it miles. And I'm like, you don't understand. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, some, the, ne- some the next wave there. are like my height. But they've done strength. Rendi- I did strength and conditioning. I started it when I was about 17, mm-hmm. and these guys started it when they were 12 and 13, and they've used physios and like people like Champ Wolf. They're just normal now. They're not. They're not special. So that they're special, but they're not. They won't be abnormal soon. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, and that's just professional sport. That's why it's so good. You know, have competition because it, it creates this this movement. And, and so you've got, you know, you've got to survive. You're going to have to change. Um, and that's an incredibly hard thing to do when, once you play golf for 15 years to, to gain 20 yards, I, 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 that's where I feel um, people might be saying, you know what, like that, that isn't me or get, try and gain two or three yards a year for five years and get me 15 yards longer. That's a realistic target. Yeah. Um, Although Bryson's throwing that out of the water a little bit with what he's done. Um, but but oh, mate,
0: <laughs> that's the i an that, um,
2: exception rather than the rule with Bryson with everything, including the, the size and distance, I think.
0: Yeah. I, was, I know what I was going to ask you, uh, Laurie, you know, I when I started on the Euro Pro, like you'd, yourselves and everyone else, you know, I didn't win on the Euro Pro. I mean, you didn't either, right? And I didn't win like that first first year and people think well you you've done really well got both my cars but it was like until i went up the levels it seemed like my brain went up the level you know what i mean and how intricate i had to be and how precise i had to be and how more like the rest i had to be you know where you went into the euro pro a bit too raw maybe a little bit too loose and and it just didn't happen but what what is the difference i mean is it the same for you is is it the same feeling um in terms of
1: Thinking you need in to terms of like not winning things.
0: there and then contending on the bigger stage,
1: right? Okay, I got you. Um, I think, yeah, I, I, that's I. I basically think if you're if you're comfortable with your game, um, mm. then you, you could do good things anywhere, really. Um, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it'd be a hard. Um, I think the standard, the difference in standard at the top level and Euro Pro would not be as far as. Um, your armchair pundit would have you believe.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and I True. think you've got absolute experts at playing golf on the European tour. But if you, you know, they wouldn't hold a candle, ball striking wise, to what you'd see on many tours, actually. Yeah. Um, totally agree. And, but, and, you, and, but you would have your armchair pundit who would say, you know, they're miles off or they're wasting their time. And it's, it's you know, it's actually horrible, some of the stuff. Like, You'll hear club members say about. I've, I'm sure people said about me when I was playing on those tours, and I've said it. I've heard them say it about mates. Um, I, it always surprises me because um, you know they've. It's not you know they're. I don't know. They, they work in a post office and they don't. They're 14. So what on earth? <laughs> on earth can they be qualified to have an opinion on that? But it's one of. It's one of the. It's one of the interesting things on golf Um, nothing wrong with working in the post office I've been 14 but it's like one of the only professions where I think because people play it they think they have an opinion or have a valid opinion on it but
0: um, yeah 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 definitely
2: what did you learn playing on the Pro? because you did you paid your dues at that level then you got your chance higher up through Q school how well did you feel prepared by what you'd experienced in those early years of your professional career for what you're now starting to achieve at the top level?
1: Well, they're just—they were just like really good times. That 2014 and 2015. When I look back on it, I spent the whole year traveling with like Steve Surrey, who is just <laughs> like one of the best, one of the best like humans ever. Yeah. Um, he's got like a massive heart, and he's just just a great like a great bloke. And a And then you know, and another another guy's best mate, who's who now coaches um, Louis, and so. They were just they were just awesome times, um, and I didn't. I think I finished eighteenth on the order of merit twice or around there. I, I didn't win. You obviously you're a pro. That I think the, the good thing about that is you have to win and feel comfortable doing it. Um, yeah. And you like how, for, like Jordan Smith for me is the is like the blueprint of how how he played that tour. He he went on, dominated it, won the grand final. Um, yeah, graduate as number one and graduate as number one. And straight on the European tour, and like taking on McIlroy in the final round the SA Open, and you know I, I think um, it's a, it's 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 just it's brilliant for that. I, I think getting the winning feeling anywhere will translate um, ultimately. If you've got the game, you can you can continue to trend. Um, someone like Jordan, who's brilliant. Yeah, uh, he if he if you put him you could have put him on any tour and I think he'd, he'd he'd find the way. I think what the Europro does well is it gives you that platform through the summer. Um you know you're getting 15 events with a good field and if you win any of them I think you you can build from there like like someone like he did. Definitely.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, I think the, the standard on there is as you say underrated. I want to pick up on something you said earlier about working with Carl Morris a lot because I remember something went out on social media a few weeks ago where you perhaps looked a little bit grumpier than you might have done for the situation. I know sort of your girlfriend picked up on it and a few other people and you noticed it. Did, did you realise then that you almost had to be outside looking in at yourself to go, actually, I do need to smile a bit more on the golf course and have a, a happier outlook. The way you've spoken about how you've performed in recent weeks certainly reflects that you've got that now. You did look happy and smiley throughout last week, which was great to see. And that has coincided with you playing some really, really, really good golf. Do you see a direct correlation there between you smiling a bit more, being a bit happier on the golf course, and this rich vein of form that you're finding yourself in?
1: Um, Yeah, what what shocked me about Portugal was when I looked grumpy, and I did look grumpy because Anna sent me the videos and stuff. I in my head, I was not grumpy. Yeah. I, mean, I was like I was like, I felt fine. No. What? They said like you know, and I gave off a course. I said, Oh what what do you think? She was like, Well, you walk round like you face like a slapped arch like look pissed off all day. Yeah. I was like, I wasn't at all. I was like, I was hanging in, I was grinding. She was like, Well you look like you look like you look you look terrible on telly. Um but basically, oh, God. Oh, so, God. Yeah, but she, I mean and you know, she said Roe had given me a bit of a hard time, but she was saying you need to listen to someone like that, you know, he's played golf and is what he's on about. So and um but yeah, I spoke to Carl about that and I think you know, Carl Carl comes at it more probably holistically, he says, you know, your perception, how you're perceived by others shouldn't really be that much of a big deal. But um you can look at what I'm like quite tall, so I can stoop when I'm angry. So he was like, you know, posturally you can open yourself up and give yourself little cues to to drive that a bit to make yourself feel um better and I think but I, I think yeah um it obviously goes hand in hand but um you've got a, it's something something you have to work at probably more than any part well I have to work at it more than any part of my game because it doesn't come naturally
0: <laughs> and uh,
1: and it doesn't um and I think it's especially hard when things are against you you know you're one or two over and you've done nothing wrong yeah or you hit a power line or something like that and you think i've got like you know i've i've now got to work at that yeah. way way harder than someone you know there are happy-go-lucky people out there Yeah. um and you know i'm i'm i need to work on it a lot to, to and you know i think now that i know that hopefully i
0: can <laughs> well, you've got a good carry on the bag mate you've got a good carry on the bag <laughs>
2: It's like the hey, it's right. of a movement of resting distance, <laughs> isn't it? Where you just sort of yeah. just stood there and someone comes up and goes, oh, cheer up, it might never happen. And you're like, what? I was just stood here. This is just my face. Like, it just Naturally, you might, some people just look a bit happier generally or carry themselves a bit happier. And you, I get that sometimes. You
0: can tell that happens all the time to Kit, Laurie, because it's yeah, exactly. just a the old
2: kid. smile more everywhere, let alone just on the golf. Yeah. But, it, you know, it happens. And sometimes, like you say... It's good that you've picked up on that and acknowledge that it's something that you need to work on because I do think often having a smile on your face goes hand in hand with playing good golf and you're showing that at the moment. I mean, looking at where you were, let's say two months ago, coming out of lockdown, you know, you were far from established on the European tour. And then since then, you've had three top 10s, including these two runners-up finishes. You've got yourself into contention. you You've
1: Or four top 10s, Keith, come on. <laughs> Sorry.
2: I'm... Yes! Yes! Sorry. I, I'll yes. tell you, I, I, I
1: bow <laughs> I've never seen John this happen. But uh, they're, only, they're only four, so you
2: can't take them away from me, all right? Exactly. Yes! But, then, but they've all come in this two, three-month period you're now firmly established on the European tour. You're a contender. You've had that experience. You're gonna be at the DP World Tour Championship at the end of the season. You've got enough race to points to guarantee that. You've gone to the next level. Sort of taking a step back and looking at where you are now as a golfer compared to where you were, say, coming out of lockdown just three or four months ago. How do you describe and analyze that journey that you've been on and how different you are now? Or from your point of view, are you just been doing the same things and it's just kind of worked all of a sudden?
1: I, I have, you know, that Carl, Carl did pose the question to me in lockdown. He said, "What, what, when you come back to golf, knowing what we know now, what will you do differently? Um, and that there are like one or two fundamental differences to what I'm trying to do with my practice and with my play. And... Um, that I'm not like totally comfortable sharing. <laughs> like <laughs> at, at this moment, they're like they're just they're sort of for me, but they're but they're not secret, and it is not anything exciting. It's just, um, it's just a shift away from stuff I was doing before that, that like you say, um, didn't wasn't doing it for me, um, and so you know he, you know I, it it's simple it's I can tell one of them is is pretty simple is we want like the vast, vast majority of the time I'm in and around golf to be on the golf course. Mm-hmm. So whereas before I'd be a bit of a range monkey, 70%, 80%, um, I'd be making golf swings. He wants me to play golf shots. So it's get on the golf course, um, totally. train on the golf course, um, do, do different games. Uh, I've moved golf club. Um, we're kind of relocating to in the middle of relocating up close to London the club I've joined got four or five um, oh, sorry
0: right, mate. We sorry I just lost
1: you there someone, someone just rang me um, sorry <laughs> they've got four or five tall players um, so where um, I'm able to get like money games I've paid like, people like Justin Harding and um, Richard yes. Plan James Morrison. those guys that's it's been awesome like, because uh, all of a sudden you know there's there's a few quid on the line and it's, it's, it's great. That's just, that's, I've worked out for me. That's where I need to be. I need to be Mm. going out shooting six, seven, eight under par. Otherwise I'm buying them lunch (coughs) and putting fuel in their car for the next week. So stuff like that's good. You know, I think that's, there is no better way to practice. I think we, we all try and get a bit clever with it, but um, there's no, you know, there's, there's kind of, there's no substitute for getting out on the golf course training and playing on that. So that, it, that's keeps
0: like it, a, it keeps your shift. foot down see Laurie when you're playing with great players like that man it just keeps your foot down on the throttle like your full bore they're constantly chucking darts at the flags you've got to follow them suit and when you're off the golf course in tournament mode you keep in tournament mode off it you know what I mean with your mates you know you're having a chinwag, but it just keeps you hot to drop and then you're sharp as, a, sharp as a whip mate when it comes to tournament play it's perfect
1: exactly yeah I don't know about you John but like for, for me as well with um how I used to approach practice rounds used to be um, I might play nine and then practice for three hours. And then the next day might play the other nine and practice for three hours and, and kind of, so I've played 18 holes. Whereas since lockdown, it's been, I've actually been doing 36 holes golf for practice, but different sort of games, a couple of things Carl likes me to do in practice. And then um, barely on the range, like warming up 15 minutes, swishing a few, um,
2: there's
1: a couple of putting drills I like to do but not like nothing complicated it's all about like playing and training for the golf balls um definitely and yeah I mean at the it's that Carl's thing if you know if you had him in a nutshell from what he's told me it's you you know it's shots not swings the shot will the golf shot will create your golf swing so what you're practicing your golf swing for go and practice golf shots and then you know this the body will organize itself Mm -hmm. around what you're trying to do with the golf ball yeah. so that's Definitely it that's, a a a man, secret. Eh? That's, all, that's all I'm giving you
0: I know for a Good fact time. you're like me we are leaving tomorrow on a jet plane to Cyprus that's right Aphrodite Hills what do you know about the golf course because I don't know a lot I'm going there I'm going to be walking around it tomorrow afternoon and Wednesday can't wait to see it
1: um, all I know is that I've got a um, really fussy friend who <laughs> has been on holiday there four years in a row so that Makes me think it's really, really nice. Um, yeah. Because he's really fussy and he says it's like heaven. So, uh, yeah, I think from what I've heard, the resort's unbelievable. Um, so, that that in itself usually means it's it's nice, isn't it? A nice place to sort of relax and stuff. Um, I think the golf course is really undulating, I've heard. Tough on the caves. Yeah, mate, it
0: looks like it's uh, a yeah, mountain goat. You know, get your super legs out. Yeah, but I'm,
1: I'll still be taking the tour back, loading it up for Jamie. So.
0: <laughs> what well, about the new format that's going to happen? Are you there for both of them or are you just there for one of them?
1: Yeah, yeah no, I'm going to play both. Yeah, I think the second yeah. week sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, sounds, me too. it sounds, it's obviously different. That I, th- I think they reset the scoreboard twice. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's, why not do something different? Yeah, I'm totally game for that.
2: It's the year to
1: do something different. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> How do you reset your goals now after lockdown? I imagine they've shifted somewhat with where you find yourself now. Uh what do you expect for the rest of this year? What what are you hoping to achieve? And then look into twenty twenty one as well.
1: Um, yeah, that's a good question, really. I I think um until the end of the year I just I wanna sort of keep just getting stuck into what I'm doing. Um I know like everyone says I don't like. Or some people are really goal driven, some people aren't. I used to think I was really goal driven, but the more I, for me, thinking about the end result gets me further and further away from actually getting there. Um, yeah. I, I, I really am a big believer in like the everyday, um, just that that moment that day. What what are you you know what are you doing? Um, that might be just having a day off or um, yeah. relaxing or getting yourself ready, or it might be proactively doing something but I, I really the more stuff I read about it the more like great people I listen to like I watched that um the Netflix documentary on Chicago Bulls mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. I just thought watching those guys they are so into every day yeah. um that you know and they they obviously they had this thing the last dance and it was obvious what the end goal is a team that talented they want to go and Get their get their seventh NBA title and all that kind of stuff, but yeah, you watch their training sessions and it, it was just so intense, and you know they never wasted a moment, um, and they were they were very much into the process. And then you you read a bit about their coach and the things he employed with them and the mindfulness and all that kind of stuff. And I think I think there's there's, there's all the science would suggest that's the best way to think about improving yourself is is day to day, like what can you do day to day to make yourself better and um just li- and sort of sorry I've lost you there <laughs> you're right, dude. leave the leave the bigger picture for um, like kind of let the bigger picture take care of itself because you're just not in, in control are you that much especially golf as you saw yesterday you got bloody opponents holding out of the bunkers and all sorts so. <laughs>
0: Mate, I wanted to ask you, just before you kind of, we kind of sew this up, I mean, there's probably a few more questions to go, but have you got any kind of cool stories that have happened uh, on, your, on your road trips, buddy? Um, maybe as a youngster growing up or that inspired you to come along and take up the pro ranks and want to be a golfer because you were some hell of a tennis player by all accounts. So, you know, um, where did the penny drop that golf was the one and not tennis? Uh,
1: I've always been I've definitely someone who I get inspired by hearing about other people so I like I like autobiographies um, I genuinely remember listening to you talk about being a pro in the Somerset days John um, I remember so that future
0: when I came and give you a little uh, everyone like chinwag I can not I mean I,
1: I don't know how swearing would go down on this podcast but, yeah, but you just, it. especially if you are yeah. quoting John it's fine it was, I think, I think your exact words were um, talking about playing a county match, and you were like, you've just got to fucking get into them. <laughs> just, <laughs> just to bear How, in mind, how old were you 14, at the time? Would you you like G- <laughs> year <laughs> Just shouting the emotion. Uh, it was, I mean, it was brilliant. It stuck with me, but yeah, it was more than that. You know, you talked about the game and how you played and. I think you just yeah. take stuff yourself. Gordon Brand Junior, a big bloke for, for me. I've got to spend a lot of time with him, and yeah, I, really. I get inspired by, by by people, you know. So I like hearing stories and asking questions, and I think naturally built that way a bit. To, yeah, here to, here, hey,
0: Good show. Because you're not,
1: you know, you not, you can't recreate what someone else has done, but I think you can definitely, uh, you know, take you can get, take a lead from the path they took, and um, yeah, yeah. I, so
0: definitely good show buddy it's good stuff
2: great stuff Laurie it's been fantastic to have you on thank you so much for coming on the day after uh obviously a fantastic result there but tinged with disappointment as well I mean I know I speak a lot of people uh when we say we're loving seeing you up there in contention it's brilliant to tune in have you on our tv screen see you uh shooting good scores with a smile on your face and fulfilling that potential that you know everyone around you's known you've had for a very very long time since the early days so thanks for coming on talking about it being so honest uh john thanks as always to you uh for your it love is. especially that story at the end there <laughs> at the county days which you got oh, Got cut
1: that one, out. God, cut that one out. In They've never invited court. him back never been invited back since but got <laughs> probably, probably 20 letters of complaint from the parents did, did you win the great. match
2: though? did you win the match
1: Oh yeah, no, no, we 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 did well. From what I remember, we stuffed Gloucester. Yeah, that no,
2: was good. <laughs> you can't argue with results like that uh so thank you thank you to everyone listening to filthy lip out remember you can follow us on twitter it's at filthy lip out. wherever you are listening to this as well whether that be apple spotify google podcasts or any of the other places we're available please do leave the reviews subscribe like share it all helps to get found by other people thank you again for listening and we will see you all again next week